0: Hey Church, I'm so blessed to bring God's Word to you today. God's Word is incorruptible. God's Word is a seed that is incorruptible. And that incorruptibility, when it gets into your heart, into your mind, will cause you to experience everlasting life. It will cause you to experience life and life in all its abundance. And I pray today that as you hear the Word today, that you will begin to experience what you are really designed for. We're on the third part of a series called The Instrument of Synthesis. And the title of my message today is Ethereal Light. Ethereal Light. You and I are designed by God to be His habitation on the earth. I'll repeat that again. the, the, the mag just embrace the magnitude of this statement. You and I have been designed by God to be his habitation on the earth. Amen. It's powerful. You are perfectly designed by God so that He can come and inhabit you. And I want to declare over you that as you begin to hear the word today, that you will understand the full potential of that word that I released over you just now you will understand the full potential of living his life on earth according to his divine will I believe that today that as you hear the word that your minds will be renewed and you will enter into a lifestyle of repentance See, repentance is not only asking God for forgiveness all the time or confessing your sins. Re- renewal of the mind means you you've, you remove out of your mind the old thoughts and you receive the fresh word, this incorruptible seed into your mind. Repentance means the action. It causes you to turn, repent, turn. Turn from what you were doing according to those old thoughts and start doing and working according to the new thoughts that you receive. So which means every week when you receive the Word of God from Life Church Global, you have to have new action. If it's a fresh revelation, it should cause you to have, to have a repentant lifestyle, which means you're, you are repenting, you're turning away from the old way of living into functioning according to the revelation that God is releasing on the earth. I really believe that as you hear this word today, that you will transcend or break out of the limitations of the natural, that the natural realm has on you. And you will transcend and begin to live in and from the ethereal realm. Now, the Bible says that God is light in whom there is no shadow of turning. God, just think about that. is light in whom there is no shadow of turning. That was shadow of turning means that there is no doubt in God. God is consistent in the way He thinks about you. And when you understand that that is His nature, now when His word begins to dwell on the inside of you, you become consistent. Not inconsistent, you become consistent. You're a consistent processor. There is no shadow of doubt. Because God is perfect light. God is perfect light. And as a new creation, we are meant to be transformed into ethereal light. An ethereal state, which is light. You must understand this ethereal realm is the realm in which God exists. That realm is God. Let me just say it like that that realm, that ethereal realm is God, and God is light. And where He is, there is no darkness, neither there is doubt, no shadow of turning. And so because of that now, every time you transcend, every time you come up out of the limitations of this lower realm, the earthly realm, now you begin to live in the light. You begin to live in the light and you fellowship with people who are in the light you don't you don't hang out with people who are doubting all the time no doubting Thomas over here like Jesus talks about Thomas he says no doubting Thomas over here we have only believing we have only believers so if you're a believer that means you are in the light. And if you're in the light, the light is in you and the light is beginning to shine out through you. So which means Jesus calls you salt and light. He doesn't call himself salt and light. He says he calls you salt and light. There's a reason why. It's because you are meant to live from the ethereal realm. You're not meant to live from the lower realm, hoping to have a little bit of light. No, you're meant to be the light that shines in the darkness so i would love for you to go to luke chapter 11 and we'll read one of my favorite prayers in the bible and it's the lord's prayer and i'm going to teach from there today and verse one says this now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he sees that one of his disciples said to him lord teach us to pray as john taught his disciples and so now the disciples come to Jesus and they say, John taught his disciples how to pray. Can you also teach us how to communicate with God the Father? And so you, you must understand that their desire was to communicate with God. Prayer is communication with your Father, it is not a formal, there is no formal communication with the father. It's personal. And so Jesus is having a personal communication with his father and now the disciples go, okay, hold on, John has also taught his disciples. Now, Jesus, can you please also teach us to have the relationship that you have with your father? We also want to talk to our father. You see, the responsibility of any teacher, of any father, of any pastor, any leader, any life coach is to be able to direct you so that you can have that personal relationship with the Father. It's never to, to just come to me only. It's to be able to trade with you, to be able to give you information so that you can now have that one-on-one relationship with the Father. Any mother or father should celebrate when their children are having discussions with God their Father. It's amazing. It's truly amazing. And so now, verse 2 says so he said to them when you pray not if you pray when you pray the language of grace he says this when you pray say our father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You see, I'm going to take this line by line and we're going to get into some deep stuff today. So, Jesus is saying, when you communicate to God your Father, firstly, you need to know where He is, He is not equal to you in this realm. He's not like a man that you should communicate to him. He's not an emotional being like a human being like that you should communicate to him. He is seated in heavenly places. And so when you talk to him, you're communicating to him. You can have many fathers on the earth. You can say my father on the earth. But this father responds. This child knows where his father is or where her father is. And she says, He says, our Father, not my Father, our Father. In heaven, hallowed be your name. That word hallowed means holy, set apart, consecrated, anointed. There is no other name like your name, Father. You are the most powerful. You have the most powerful name in all of creation. There are some powerful people on the earth. But Heavenly Father, your name is holy. Your name is so holy that there is no other name like your name. And your name is Father, Heavenly Father. And so He's saying, hallowed be your name. And then Jesus immediately before He says, ask your, uh, before you bring your prayer needs, before you have your intercession list, Before you have your, you know, this is what I want in a husband. This is what I want in a wife. This is what I want. I need money for my debt. I need healing in my body. I need a new car. I need this. I need that. All of that stuff that you are. Before you do any of that, learn to acknowledge Him as a father. Learn to acknowledge Him according to who He is and where He is. It's very important that you do that. Why? Because the the third line says, your kingdom come. It means... You're, you're, it's your, you're acknowledging that your father is a king and he has dominion in a realm. Where is that realm? It's in heaven. It's the ethereal realm. It's the realm of light. That's where he has dominion. And he's saying, in that realm, father, and in this realm, your name is holy. And he's saying, your, your name is above every other name. And Father, your dominion that you have in the ethereal realm, the realm of light, let it come to the earth. He's saying your kingdom come and your will be done. This is very important because you must understand that the kings, the will of the king, the intention, the desires of the king goes where his dominion goes the will of the king has an intention has a desire and that intention and that desire will go where the kingdom goes and so when you say let your kingdom come you're saying let your dominion let your dominion which is in heaven as it is in heaven let it come upon the earth Let your kingdom come, let your will be done. These two things, the dominion of your father and the will of your father, which is in heaven, is waiting for your invitation. It is waiting for your will to say, now father, my will is submitted to your will. And see, the will of the father doesn't superimpose and doesn't force your will, even though He knows His will and His kingdom are way better than what is happening in your life. He won't force His will on you. He won't force His dominion on you. But in fact, He respects that you have a will. And because He respects that you have a will, now, unless you pray a prayer like this, where you're in complete submission your will is completely submitted to his will and you say father let your will be done let your will be done as it is in heaven let your will be done which means there's a way in which his will functions in heaven and now because you are his son and you are his daughter now you recognize You should be able to see that ethereal realm. You should be able to see into the light. You should be able to see how He functions in heaven. And based on that now, you open the door. You are the gate. Yes, you are the door. Your will opens the floodgates for the will of God, the desire of God, the intentions of your Father to come upon the earth. So which means the will of God travels through sonship. The will of God, the kingdom of God is not given to those with an orphan's mindset. A lot of Christians think they are sons but they miss out the experience, the relationship with Heavenly Father. A lot of Christians have relationships, good relationships with the church but not with the head of the church. You're connected to the body, but you're not talking to the head of that body. And when the body begins to say, your will be done, now the head of the church is Jesus Christ, and not the pastor, Jesus Christ. And so when the head and the body begin to communicate, can you imagine if your hand begins to decide what it wants to do? Without the control of your head, Without the control of your brain Without the direction of your brain Guess what's going to happen Your hand is going to do whatever it wants to do And the rest of the body is going to do something else If you're a Christian that finds yourself in this place You know why If you're doing whatever you want to do And the body is going in another direction Guess what's happened There's a disconnect between your will and his will Just because you don't agree with the man in front or the woman in front doesn't mean that God disagrees with them. Oh, I'm going to to repeat that sentence one more time. Just because you don't agree with the man in front doesn't mean that God disagrees with him. The fact that miracle signs and wonders are following the preaching of the gospel should be evidence to you that God agrees with him. So, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. We must understand that God has absolute dominion in heaven. God has absolute dominion over everything that He has created except man. God has absolute dominion over everything that He has created except man. And He gave the earth to man. He says, you be fruitful, you you multiply, you replenish the earth. So now, if you want what is happening in heaven to manifest on the earth, He says, your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So Jesus straight away starts saying, listen, acknowledge your father firstly because of your relationship with him, who he is to you. Secondly, submit. People have a huge problem with this word. The ones who have an issue with submission don't understand the power of a submitted will. And so he's saying here, let your kingdom come, your will be done, which means not my will be done, your will be done, which means my will doesn't exist to me. Only your will exists. Very, very scary statement for people who have control issues. And so now if you understand what Jesus is saying, start off your communication or your prayer life with acknowledging who the father is, and straight away submit your will. He's saying lay down that crown, lay down that rat's on, lay down the crown of your being, that decision-making place, that instrument of synthesis. He says, take it and firstly, before you do anything else, before you ask for anything else, before you pray for anyone else, submit your will to God. And so we see this. Now I wanna take you to the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter four. And before the throne, there was a sea of glass like crystal. And in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in the front and in the back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second living creature was like a calf. The third living creature had the face of a man and the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. Don't get distracted by this description. Just remember there's something happening. The four living creatures each having six wings were full of eyes, full of eyes, okay? Full of eyes around and within and they do not rest day or night. That's what I want you to focus on. They do not rest day or night. The living creatures, with the, with the head of a man, the eagle, the cow, and all that kind of stuff, they don't rest day or night. What are they doing? They're saying, holy, holy, holy. Wow, Jesus, what did you say? Hallowed be your name. They're saying, holy, 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 Lord God almighty, who was and is and is to come you see you see the parallel that's happening here the parallel of jesus is teaching his disciples now this is how you communicate with the father what is he showing them there's a parallel happening between revelation chapter 4 and luke chapter 11. the the prayer the model prayer that we that jesus taught his disciples how to pray the, our father that we have been Praying like just like I mean, let's say Our Father man. Come on, let's say our father. Our father word even all of We we say it like that. But Jesus is saying, listen, when you communicate with the Father, what you're actually doing is you're having a throne room experience. When you're praying the Our Father, who are you seeing? Who are you talking to? Do you know who you're talking to? Do you have any respect for him? Do you have any honor for him? Is he just like a prayer? Just say the prayer, man. Just say pray. Just pray, ah, Father, I'm sleeping. You should fall asleep. Is that how you treat him? Because at the throne room, that's not what happens. And so he goes, holy, holy, holy. Lord God Almighty. Now, these guys are massive. They're, here. They're living beings. They're not angels. They're living beings and they're crying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. What are they acknowledging? They're acknowledging that God is out of the time and space reality. God is in a realm of himself. He is the past, he is the present, he is the future. And he is mighty past, present and future. That's what they're acknowledging here. Verse nine. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to Him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever. Now see what happens. The 24 elders fall down before Him who sits on the throne and worship Him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying you are worthy O Lord to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they exist and were created. This is mind blowing. This is a wow stuff happening right now. This is amazing stuff. So you must understand the living creatures say holy 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 why are they saying holy is because they've seen a fresh revelation of God so which means every time day and night God is constantly revealing himself John is what John is seeing is like these beings are constantly receiving revelation and their revelation to God their response to God is holy holy you are set apart There is none like you. There is none like you in all the earth. Your name is above every other name. They're constantly worshipping. They're constantly giving God this praise. They're constantly saying, God, this is who you are to us. You are holy. And so then the 24 elders, these are guys who have done awesome stuff on the earth and they've been given a place at the throne room, and they've been given crowns. Ladies and gentlemen, that crown is their will. And so now they take their crowns, their rats on, when they see these living beings looking at God and worshipping Him, when they look at Him like that, and God reveals Himself, these guys say, listen, our will cannot sustain anything. Our, by our will is worth placing at your feet. And so they take off their crowns, they take off their will, their rats on, and they place it at the feet of God who sits on the throne and they worship Him and they make this declaration, you are worthy, which means you're worth me placing my will at your feet. Whew. You want to say, God, we sing God. God, you are worthy. But I decided that he was worthy. I didn't get a revelation that he was worthy. When I receive a revelation of how amazing he is, the first response to him should be, I have, this is not my my, will, not my will, but your will be done. Every time you see God moving, every time you hear God um, moving through a testimony or a breakthrough in someone's life, your first response should be, God, I lay my crown at your feet because you are worthy. Not my will, but your will be done. The way you see God moving in your life, we say, God, do it again. We sing those songs like that. The reason why He does it again is because you've laid your crown at His feet. So which means the way God moved in somebody else's life, when he displays that revelation, your first response to, should be, God, not my will. In this area in my life, not my will, but your will be done. I, I, I've, I, I've tried it and i failed. Now, I think you are way better than me. Your will is way better than, your plans are way better than my plans. Your desires are way better than mine. What you've done for that person and the way you've revealed yourself, God, I lay my crown at your feet. And that's when he begins to move in your life. So good. And he says this, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory. Okay, remember this, he's receiving glory. (laughs) God who sits on the throne, he's already glorious, but somehow he receives glory. How? It's when a king takes his crown and lays it at the feet of the king above all kings. He takes His glory. Your will is the glory upon your life. It is your glory. And when you lay your crown at His feet, your will at His feet, you're laying the glory that is upon your life and saying, God, there is no comparison. Only you deserve this glory. I I don't deserve this glory. God, you deserve this glory. I lay this glory that all these accolades that I've received, you are so good, you are so handsome. You are so, you you do this, you sing so well, you play the guitar so well, you do film production so well, you do the life experience so well, you're a great father, you're a great mother, you have awesome children. When you receive, this is all glory that you're receiving. Why are you receiving it? So that you can accumulate it and wait for a moment when you have a fresh revelation of God, take the glory and lay it at His feet. Bam! Wow, God! I lay it at Your feet. And then He says, you alone are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. Wow, you have power, huh? Amazing. Which means you've got to take that power from your will. Remember, I said your will is very powerful. You've got to take that power from your will and lay it at His feet and be powerless, be glorious, be honorless. Before him That is what submission in the kingdom looks like Submission in the kingdom looks like I'm taking everything good About my life Everything that is perfect about my life Everything that receives glory, honor uh, The salary that I get oh, oh, Everything, the bonuses Wow man I've got this job and i got that business And this breakthrough, I take all of it Not just the bad stuff <laughs> Christians are really good at giving God bad stuff how about giving God the best of your life? You take that best stuff and you say, I'm not worthy to even receive it. Compared to you, I'm not even worthy to, I laid at your feet, God. I laid at your feet and I am okay being powerless, glorious, and honorless in your presence. That's worth, I'm okay with that. And then, he, then they say this, for you created all things and by your will they exist just think of the magnitude of that sentence you created all things and by your will they exist which means the will of God all things were created by the will of God and they continue to exist because of the will of God that is how powerful his will is Oh come on Ooh. I hope you understand the, just, just think The ant that is in your kitchen The whale that is in the sea The elephant that is in the forest The mountains The birds Every single cell in your body If God has created you and if it is existing, if it's living today, it's because of the power of His will. Just think now, just imagine with me how, pow- how involved and invested He is in all things, all things. This is amazing. All things, not just human beings, all things were created by His will. And by the power of His will, they continue to exist. They continue to exist. They continue to exist. Just imagine from the time of creation, Till now into ever eternity they will continue to exist because they are held together, they function together, they are energized and empowered by His will. And you're telling me that you're not submitting to His will? I believe that you will only start living or existing when you start submitting to his will until then you're just going through life you're just having experiences i got some i got some life experiences you have no god experience you have no experiences of the ethereal realm the realm that you are from we must understand, church, that God is trying to teach us something. That He is so all-powerful. He is all-knowing. That in His will, an ant knows what to do. An ant lives and functions. And He knows what that ant is doing. Oh. He says, why are you worry? Birds of the air, do they worry about eating? Why? Because my will and the power of my will feeds them. Come on, man. Think about, just think about just the magnitude of this worship. This is worship. Worship cannot be worship unless there's submission of will. We can sing. It's not worship. Until in your heart you are fully submitted and you are in that ethereal realm See, now I want you now to understand that we understand from the word that the word created all things but today I'm going to present something to you that might challenge or rather will communicate how progressive we are in the way we think okay I want you to go to John chapter 1 This is amazing. Rock your world. Verse 1 says this. In the beginning. (laughs) In the beginning was the word. Just pause now and just think about that. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. Whose beginning is he talking about? He's not talking about God's beginning or the word's beginning. He's talking about the beginning of all of creation. In our beginning was the word. In our beginning, before, in the beginning of the trees, when the trees came out, when the the cattle and and the animals came out, And the seas and all the heavens were created. All of that stuff in that beginning, in the beginning of time and space, in the beginning was the word. Now we must understand that the word that he's talking about here is not the written word, it's the spoken word. Have you ever spoken to someone who speaks but doesn't think what they're speaking? Let me rephrase it for you. Have you ever had a conversation with a person who doesn't think before they speak? Many of us do. But I want to present to you that before the beginning, where the word was, the word, the spoken word was first in thought form. So before the word was, the will was. So God has a will. He was thinking about his will. And then he spoke the word. And the word came and created all things. Okay, let me, let me just read that now again. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. Which means it was still not yet spoken. And the word was God and he was in the beginning with God. And all things were made through him the word all things were made through him so God had a thought he had an intention and a desire and he spoke his intention he spoke his will and when he spoke his will the word made everything that was in his will All things were made through Him and without Him, nothing was made that was made. Wow. Then he goes on to say, In Him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness didn't comprehend it. Wow. So in the beginning, in our beginning, we have a relationship with the Word. That's why you're listening to me now. So before I say a word, I'm having a thought. That thought comes from a will. And that will now has the intention to give life. So life doesn't actually only come from the word. Life actually comes from His will. So the will of God, so life or light is in the will of God. And so when God had a thought, he thinks light. And so when God speaks, light comes out. And so I'm talking about the ethereal light now. When God speaks a word, the word is light. And light comes and gives life to everything. So which means you and I, we start living, actually existing, and are held together by his will. You're alive today. You're breathing today. You're listening to me today because it's God's will for you to live. He says this, in him was life and the life, which means the life that comes from his will was the light of men. And so now we understand that in The word, ladies and gentlemen, is life. And that life is the light of men. When you are, when you are submitted to the will of God, you surrender, you submit your will to His will because you need light. You need to be in light. When you live a life that is not submitted to God's will, you're living in darkness. Because the light, the life that is in you, that is the light of men, now is a greater light than the light. The darkness that is within you. See, Jesus says, if there is darkness within you, how great is the darkness? So he's talking about the light. How great is that dark light within you? There are two types of light, ladies and gentlemen. Darkness is a light. Because it is from darkness that God formed. He brought out light. And he separated the light and darkness. We must understand that within humanity after the fall, there's a lower light that keeps you alive, keeps you, go through life, experience, experience, life, life, life. And we think, and it's, trust me, it's very powerful. And that light, that power that is in your light light now is, is energized by your human will, your natural will. See, you're made in the image and likeness of God. And so now, as God has a will, all things exist in His will, by the power of His will. Now, you might have a life, you might have family, you might have, you know, children, dog, cat, whatever, car, whatever, all that kind of stuff. And you have a will for your, where your life should go. And your life will go there because it's a powerful tool that God has given you. And you might think you're making progress because you might experience life. I mean, know I, you're going through life. But that life, Produces a, an inferior light based on the realm that you are you are you're living in, but when you now are submitted, you're saying, "Not Lord, Lord, Hallowed be Your name." When you do that and you say, "Let Your will be done," now you're saying, "God, I let go of that inferior will, I let go of that human will, that that natural will, and I submit it at Your feet." Even though I think it's powerful, I take that power and I submit it at your feet and ask you to give me your instrument of synthesis. And so now when I receive your will, where is your will? Your will comes in, the, in your word. And when you receive the word now into your heart and your mind is renewed, now you receive the will of God, His will, His intentions, His desires for you. And when you begin to receive it now, you receive a greater light. See, Jesus, when he was talking to the disciples on the boat, and they were like, God, you, you don't care for us, Jesus. We're all drowning here. He comes to him and says, Oh, ye of little faith. It's a little light. It's a little light. You have a lesser light. And that light cannot even save you from a drowning boat, man. From a from from a from a you cannot save you from a storm, cannot save you from cancer in your body. You see, it cannot save you from an accident. It cannot save you from from destruction. It cannot save you from death itself. But then there's a light that comes from the heavenly father. This ethereal light, ladies and gentlemen, the minute you receive his will, the minute you receive his word, his desires into your mind, now this greater light begins to shine through you. And when it begins to shine through you, now all of creation starts coming to you because nobody else on earth has this light? this light, I recognize this light because this is the light that I'm created with. This is the light that continues to give me life. Now this light, God's light that, that holds everything with his power, now you begin to experience the power of God. You are trusted with a power of a God. Not just any spirit. Not just any religious demon that you that they worship in another country. You have the power of a God. Oh. Now I want you to go to uh, Matthew chapter 17. And it says this, And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him saying, Lord, have mercy on my son for he is an epileptic and he suffers severely for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples but they couldn't cure him. You see, there were two elements that he was falling into. But the disciples couldn't cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, Oh faithless and perverse generation, this says, Man, if if I was a disciple of Jesus, I would be hiding right now. <laughs> oh faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I? be with you you see these guys had no connection with heavenly father they had no connection they were not hearing the will of the father and only jesus was and so because of that he was manifesting a light that was more powerful and the disciples tried to manifest that light it's not happening i'm gonna i'm gonna share something with you today that will help you how long shall i bear with you bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the child was cured from that very hour. So two things happened. The child got cured and the demon left him. Okay. Then, the disciples came to Jesus privately. He rebuked them publicly. So he had come privately and said, why could we not cast it out jesus but we're following you jesus we come to your church every friday every sunday we go for life group lord we're plugged into the church how come we can't cast out demons jesus says this because of your unbelief unbelief is the position of the natural will that says you can do it by the natural will. And you don't need God's divine will. So which means that disciples went and the natural will, ladies and gentlemen, listen to me now very carefully. The natural will produces faith. Might look like confidence, might feel like you have to build it up, I have to have faith, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pray and then I'll come back and, and pray for you. Oh brother, brother, the demon in, in my house is closing and opening doors, can you please come and pray? Just give me two days brother, I'm going to fast and pray and I'll come back to you, no power. I have to go and build up the power and then when I come to your house, leave demon. It's natural faith. It is there, ladies and gentlemen. It's faith. Now, look at this. I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Now, hold on a minute. He's not talking about faith in God. He's saying, if you have faith, As small as a mustard seed. Even your natural faith, if your natural faith is as small as a mustard seed, you can move mountains. Why? Because mountains are natural. Demons are spiritual. They come from another realm. And so he's saying, you can have faith, man. I'm telling you, you can have, oh Peter, oh ye, you have little, little faith doesn't mean measure. It means inferior faith, natural faith. And so he's saying, if you move, it, will, it nothing will be impossible for you. Why would Jesus say that to his disciples who encountered an impossible situation? Unless he's saying this, when you see the word however at the beginning of a sentence, it actually means but. Okay? I'm going to read this and it says, I say to you, have faith as a mustard seed. You will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. But this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. You can move mountains, brother, but demons? Only goes out by prayer and by fasting. Prayer, just like Jesus said, pray. Have throne room experiences with the Father. Is that what you're saying? If I have that, I will be able to cast out demons. Yeah. If you are say, if Jesus is saying what he's saying, it means that that you and I have to believe that there's a separate, there's another power. That the spirit realm recognizes in you. There's another light that the spirit realm recognizes in you. You can have the light of men, and that's okay, and you can produce faith, and that faith can move mountains and it can it can cause money to multiply, it can cause like some some headaches to go, and and like I can I can move sickness from here in the body to here in the body. You you trust me, there are people reggae professionals know what I'm talking about and so and and they they can take sickness and they can give it and you can do all that stuff but the realm of the spirit requires you to be in the spirit the realm of the spirit in order for for you must understand God created the, the 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 destroyer to destroy he serves his purpose and so he recognizes when someone is in the image and likeness of the sun who has light in him. He has a, when you have a greater light on the inside of you, the realm of the spirit, where there's angels, demons, living beings, creatures, all of them together will take notice of you and respond to you because you have now entered the the most holy place. You've entered, you have accessed the place where they don't have access to it means that something is different about you I have to listen to you otherwise you will recommission me or reassign me or you can even destroy me come on now I'm just not talking about brother pray for my headache and no I'm not not talking about that when you begin to talk to spirits when you begin to talk to demonic spirits and tell them that is not your possession I want you to go somewhere else and they listen to you is because you have come from the throne of God you have come now because you God has given you his word and here you have come before God and you said not my will Lord but your will be done I lay my will at your feet and now he gives you his instrument of synthesis that synthesizes heaven and earth together and now as you begin to synthesize heaven and earth you begin to receive the will of God for that boy who is epileptic and now you don't go to the person going I'm going to cast you out no ladies and gentlemen you look at the person And then you ask your heavenly father, what is your will for that boy? Because I believe your will for that boy. Not the testimony of the father. He's throwing him into the fire and doing all that kind of stuff. We get impressed by that. And we write a testimony and we say, wow, you know, look at my power. No, no. We look at the person's need. And we ask the father, what are you doing in this person's life? What is your will? And then you exchange your desire to to move in your faith because one day you might be confident, another day you need two days to go and pray for that person. But in that moment, you engage, Heavenly Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will. You've gone out of the limitations you've transcended out of the the ego will, you've transcended out of your desire for this person to be healed, your desire for this breakthrough, your desire for, for this business to prosper, you've transcended out of it. You've come out of the limitations of that and you've embraced the Father's will. And now from heaven, from light, you have light in you now the will of God, the word of God, the will of God begins to change your DNA <laughs> when you're in heaven. And as you come upon the earth, you are not. You don't have to work up power. You don't have to like pump up the generator, brother. You just stand before people. You just stand before spirits and they will acknowledge you. Look, Jesus is walking down the street and demoniacs come to him and say, we know who you are, Jesus. Please send us out of this person. No, oh, come on. It's completely different than you looking for demonic people, there's fear in your heart. What if this demonic person starts beating me? And what if I start seeing ghosts And, and all these demons come out like I see in the movies? And when you have all that stuff happening, just don't do anything. Go to your heavenly father, pray, acknowledge his will. Look at that person. Look at the purpose of that spirit. Look at the purpose of that God's will for that person and that spirit and then recommission it and release healing into that person's body. See, that's how Jesus is saying, you can actually cast out these spirits only by prayer and fasting. And people have often thought, hey, this Jesus is saying, man, we need to fast and pray. What is it? Pastor John doesn't talk about fasting for all these years. Now suddenly he's mentioning this word. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't have to talk about fasting. I can practice it all I want. Fasting is a discipline of the will. Fasting is an exercise of disciplining the will. It's not a spiritual exercise. Look, when Daniel was in the king's palace and the king said, bring the most handsome, bring the most, you know, the most smartest, the, the guys who operate in wisdom and all that kind of stuff, bring them to me and give them my food, which means the king's food, king's wine, give them. Daniel decided in his mind that he was not going to be defiled by the king's food that he was, he was going to eat vegetables. He chose to fast. It wasn't like, Daniel, this is God. I'm intimidated by the king's food in your body. So I want you to eat boiled vegetables. No, Daniel decided, I am going to fast because I don't want my body to be defiled. Why? Because in the long run, I want to serve the king. Come on now, it's completely different. He understood, his will had decided now based on, he was a prisoner, you must understand. He was a prisoner taken captive. And he's saying, I want to serve this guy. I want to serve him and God is going to give me wisdom. And you must understand that when this man fasted, he looked better than everybody else who was eating. Why? It's because he chose in his will not to be defiled, which means if he ate the king's food, his he, his body would have been defiled. But if he said, I'm going to eat boiled vegetables, I'm going to eat vegetables and water only, that is going to give me life. He decided, he was disciplining his will to give in. See, demons know Christians who don't have power because in the secret place, when nobody's watching, you give in. That little, oh, that little thing. Ooh, just one sip, just one puff. Just just a little bit, just one image. Nobody's watching, I can watch. But when you stand before a demonic spirit now, that guy, there's no light. You can be a really good Christian with no light. Come on, I'm talking about a progressive word now. We are very progressive as a church. See, Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ, not by Christ, with Christ. I am crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. So which means God is not even saying, I want you to live this Christian life by your faith, which means your natural will can produce faith that can make you look like a good Christian, but you have no power, no light, no life. But Jesus is saying, hey, listen, in the book of Galatians, he's saying, listen, I, the ego will, has been crucified with Christ. Your will, your crown, was crucified with Christ 2,000 years ago. Your will does not exist. It is no longer I. I don't exist. The ego, I, me, doesn't exist. But it is Christ who exists. How does Christ exist? Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus tells this guy, pick up your cross and follow me Paul says crucify the flesh daily oh my god daily crucify be on the cross every day how do you crucify yourself by keeping your will crucified on the cross you've got to understand that your will has to remain on that cross it is no longer i who lives but Christ who lives in me. It is no longer my will, but it is Christ's will that lives in me. The faith that I have, ladies and gentlemen, is not even my faith. Even though that faith can move mountains, but it's not the faith of God. It's not Christ's faith. He says the life that you should live from now on, you should live such a faithless life, such a dependent on Christ's faith life, that at any moment, you have no faith of yourself to deal with the problem you are dependent on Christ's faith and every time now when you pray and you're in your quiet place you're stalking up faith you are like God I submit I my I've tried to my will has tried to resurrect itself from the cross but today Lord in this area I take my will and I lay it at your feet that action ladies and gentlemen is called a fast crucifying the flesh crucifying your will on that cross living by the faith of Christ is called a fast see there are ways in which we can discipline our will in order for us to experience the will of God for our lives many of us have thought fasting is only about spirit I want to experience the presence of God I want to be more spiritual no ladies and gentlemen fasting fasting Is not a religious act fasting is actually an act of discipline it's a physical act that has spiritual implications see it means that that realm of the spirit was always in you but you needed a little bit of discipline you need a little bit of that get in line brother you need to be Walked up straight and narrow for a little bit. Need a little bit of discipline. And so that discipline, ladies and gentlemen, God is not going to come to you and discipline you. You've got to do it on your own. He gives you the grace for it, but he's not going to discipline you. You must understand that Jesus, when he got Filled with the Holy Spirit. You must understand he was baptized full of the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit led him into the wilderness. And the Bible says that he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. He, could, he was hanging out with the angels man. They could have fed him. 30 years Jesus was disciplining his will. Discipline not my will father your will be done. I'm about my father's business. I'm going to speak to the scribes and Pharisees in the temple when I was eight years old. I'm going there, why? Because I'm about my father's business. I'm not here to do, like just chill out and relax or whatever. I'm going now to, I'm about my father's business. And so we see Jesus, while he's in the wilderness, he fasts from food, he disciplines his will because a stomach in a wilderness will be thirsty and hungry. That's the natural thing for a human body to experience. And Jesus says, that's the very thing that I'm going to discipline. Because immediately out of that, Jesus became hungry, which means he chose to become hungry. And when he chose to become hungry, the enemy showed up. Oh, come on now. Yeah, And the first temptation was, can you make those stones into bread? Oh, no. it completely changes how you look at evil spirits and the purpose of evil spirits uh you know in, in 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 the earth jesus said okay i've disciplined my will for 40 days no food no water and now okay i'm ready for the test i'm ready now to be to reveal the light i'm ready now to reveal that the enemy can recognize the, he has no power over me, but I actually have power because I've come now. I've, I'm talking to my father, I'm receiving his will and I'm disciplining this human will. My faith is not earthly faith. It is now heavenly faith. I received the faith of God. What would it be like to, to live with the faith of God? Just imagine the impossible situations that God attracts Impossible From darkness, He creates light Wow The earth was null and void And then He creates all of creation from nothing Oh my God He loves that stuff see when we understand that Jesus is saying hey listen this only comes out by prayer and fasting he's saying listen it comes out when you come before the father you lay your will down and you receive his will and then you make sure that your will doesn't come up that's why you need prayer and fasting fasting is that that guy will come up slowly like that hello (laughs) hello I'm here Today you receive the will of God and you're powerful Tomorrow you don't have an encounter with the Father The will begins to Hey, I'm, I can be resurrected Would you like to go and have coffee? <laughs> It'll come up And just imagine now You, you encountered God in the throne room one day Ah, faith of God, full of light Ethereal light, I'm in this realm And now from the ethereal realm you're beginning to create releasing light and life. Wow, everywhere. You're going, demons are flying away from you. Next day, when you wake up in the morning, oh my God, I'm so tired. I want to sleep a little bit more. I had such a late night in the heavens. (laughs) I was traveling into the realms and I'm so tired right now. And then no prayer. Maybe I won't pray now, but I'll pray maybe in the evening, brother by the time evening comes hey what are you doing let's go out for dinner it's chill man let's go watch a movie oh sure yeah and then you realize not his will but all of a sudden now your will is causing you to exercise in faith your faith to do what you want to do when you want when you do what you want to do you're in trouble But when you live a life, ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, you need to be in a fasted state to understand this. When you live a life of complete submission to the will of God, you don't think about your past, you don't think about your future, you think about here and now. You have, there is no room for anxiety because tomorrow, day or night, Tomorrow I will have my prayer time with the Father and I will talk to Him and He will tell me what it is His will for tomorrow. And then I will receive that will for tomorrow and I'm not worried about what anybody thinks or says. You don't know who I'm talking to. I'm talking to my Heavenly Father, our Father who sits in heaven, who has such a holy name has name above all names father let your kingdom come in my life father you have dominion in my life i don't want to have dominion i lay my dominion down and i ask you for your dominion to receive your dominion in my life let it flow and lord my father give me your will i want to know what is in your heart for tomorrow I want to know what is in your heart for today I want to know what is in your heart for my life right now Lord because I only want to do what I see you doing so which means you've got to see the Father working out your life in the ethereal realm because you have a life there and according to that life you've got to mimic that life on the earth here but you will not mimic that life unless you see what God is doing with you as so Jesus says guys I want to tell you demons don't leave you unless you're disciplined demons don't run away sickness won't run away unless you are disciplined unless your will is disciplined and submitted it's in a submitted state ladies and gentlemen I want to submit something to you why do you think Jesus asks us to pray let your will be done it's because the will the natural will of man is in direct opposition to the will of God the will of man just think about your will every day every minute of the day your will has its way and a fasted life is a life that says in every thought, I choose to submit my will to the will of the Father. In Matthew chapter 28, Jesus is giving his last and final instruction to the disciples because before he's taken into the ethereal realm. And he says this, go into all the world and make disciples of nations. Disciple the nations. He doesn't say make them Christians. He doesn't say build churches. He says make disciples. At the core of discipleship, ladies and gentlemen, is the word called discipline. (laughs) Jesus spent three years disciplining these 12 guys. What was he disciplining them with? Not my will, but his will be done. Three years of disciplining them to let go of their will and seek the Father's will. And that's why he says, listen, go into the world and make disciples of nations. See, at the core of discipleship is this thing called character building and character building is not about oh well, you know, I want to make you a good respectable person so you can have good character and good morals so that one day you can get a good wife and then, you know you're a good target but character building in discipleship is about fathers raising sons into the image and likeness, the character of Christ the reason why Life Church Global deals with the heart all the time is because we are focused on your character. We're not looking for your character to be developed, we're looking to develop Christ's character in you. So, at the core of Life Church Global is actually a movement of discipleship. People sometimes get frustrated and leave too quickly because We're dealing with character. And discipleship does not happen publicly like this. Discipleship happens relationally. And the the way discipleship happens personally and relationally is between a father and a son. Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Listen to my language now. Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. See, at the core of discipleship is father and son. Why do you go to church? Why do you go to that life group? Why are you even watching this message today? Is it a spiritual religious requirement or you desire to be disciples? If you desire to be disciple, ladies and gentlemen, then you should have it in your heart to allow yourself to be developed in the character of Christ. And that happens when you personally build relationship with the Father. We've created that facility called Life Groups where we have life coaches who imitate John and Kelsey. As John and Kelsey imitate Christ, and then now you can imitate your life coach If you recognize, listen to me carefully If you recognize John and Kelsey Very important Paul says imitate me It's not a, it's not a like a wow you know I'm, I'm awesome No baba I am, I'm dead You're imitating me I is no longer I who lives but Christ who lives in me So in essence Paul is dead but Christ lives And as you imitate Paul, you're imitating Christ. And so discipleship is a a lifestyle of imitating Christ in one another. We imitate Christ. I imitate Christ in my spiritual father. I imitate Christ in my earthly father and mother. I imitate Christ in people who 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 are spiritually mature than us. We imitate Christ in them. We don't imitate their personality. We imitate Christ. And so we must understand that this discipleship begins with a fast. You let go, you fast from your ego. You fast from self. And you say, I want yourself. (laughs) You point to your life coach, you point to your father and your spiritual father, you point to your pastor and you say, I want to be like that. I want to be like you. I'm going to do what you do because I want to be like you. Not just you, your personality, John. I want to be like Christ. If you're watching this service from another church and you're planted in another church, have this discussion with your pastor. Have this discussion with your home group leader or your life group leader, whoever it is. But you must understand that you can't just float around from church to church and expect to be transformed in the image and likeness of Christ. It happens personally, one-on-one disciples of nations discipleship and so to be disciplined begins with a fast ladies and gentlemen and so today ladies and gentlemen I'm gonna I'm calling the church to a fast because we need to understand what it means to live a disciplined life not that we don't go to work on time and not that kind of discipline that's not what I'm talking about we're talking about the core of your existence do you exist or Christ exists? That's what I'm asking right now. I'm calling you to fast from yourself. I'm calling you to fast from your will. So people might be like, well, that's massive. Like, I mean, how do I fast? Like every thought, yeah. Do I fast? If every thought is God's thought, yeah. That's what, that's how, but how does that begin? You start practicing. You start practicing with simple things like food. You develop, you strengthen the will to choose the will of God by not allowing the will to have its way. And you start by doing simple things. Fast from food that your body says, I want to eat food now. No, you just submit. Jesus says, my food is to do the will of my father. So which means every time you receive the will of the father, you receive food. So you fast from your phone, not taking phone calls and sending WhatsApp messages, because I know people will start doing that on for live groups, but you fast from your Netflix, fast from your Facebook and your Instagram. Actually, we're going to the church instagram account and all that stuff is on a fast this week every week we're going to do five day fast okay over the next four weeks we're going to do five day fast and on every saturday at 12 p.m i'm going to come kathy and i are going to come live on on the home group facebook page the live group page the live group page on facebook so that is the only day you're allowed to get on facebook if it's for that week okay so saturday 12 p.m dubai time we will come on facebook and we will share with you what we're going to do that week so there are certain things that we need to do as a church as a church we come together and we declare the will of god for our church we're going to pray the same prayers at the same time we're, see you must understand daniel had a habit of praying three times a day so we're going to do stuff like that okay so it's going to be very interesting it's going to be fun uh, and i really believe that you are going to experience a. Uh, this ethereal realm of light. You're gonna experience this light, the light of life within you and through you this week. So I'm gonna take your leave now, but I'm gonna see you on Saturday, which is tomorrow at 12 p.m. in the afternoon, Dubai time. Come live on Facebook, we're gonna live. So join in on the chat and we're gonna spend some time explaining what this fast is all about this week. And then we're gonna take it. I'm gonna give you scripture verses to pray. The whole church is gonna wake up And pray these scriptures in the morning, afternoon, and evening, three times a day, and it's going to be awesome. So, it's going to be fun, church. So, we're going to, I'm going to take your leave. I bless you, Kelsey, and I love you, and we will see you tomorrow at 12 o'clock. Bless you. Amen.